Hi, everyone. Welcome to this uh, ASME Bite Size podcast. Uh, we're going to be talking about dealing with disappointment in medical education, and not just medical education, but clinical scenarios as well. So I'll introduce myself first. I'm, I'm Luke. I'm a final year urology registrar and I work in London. I'm Emma. I'm a paediatric cardiology registrar and I, I also work in London. Uh, and I'm Hussein. I'm a respiratory registrar in the southeast. Brilliant. So we've come together for this podcast uh, to try and raise the issue of failure. So we all um, we also celebrate our successes and in medicine, people achieve amazing things, both sort of clinically in medical education research and in, um, in sort of lab research as well. It's amazing all the things that are, that are going on, but we're not very good at talking about our sort of failures or, or our challenges. And it may be a small thing or sort of relatively small thing, which, which may actually be a big thing for the person going through it, or it may be a big thing that has a massive impact on someone's sort of situation or also on their sort of on their department or on their family, and it's something that I don't think we're that good at um, sort of talking about about these things and how we can learn from it. So what we would like is for for this to be the first step, just to sort of raise awareness of of this and just to try and help people uh, have some support. So if you've had a recent failure, uh, hopefully you're listening to this this podcast and can. Uh, get some tips and support and also have an idea about where else you can look for look for excellent support because it is out there. I think the other thing to say is that 2020 and now 2021 have been full of disruption. Uh, so a lot of people are going through disappointments which aren't actually their fault. People aren't even being allowed to sit exams or go to interviews and missing out on jobs and sort of fellowship opportunities. So much disruption happening in in academia and in healthcare at the moment. So I think there's a lot of disappointed people out there. So it felt like this was a good time to, to talk, about, talk about this, our experiences, what sort of good things we've learned, what sort of bad things we've learned. And we really want to have this podcast as, as a way of supporting people going through the experience. And then on the 21st of January, uh, at 6.30, we're going to be hosting a webinar, which will be a more interactive forum and maybe focus a bit more on how trainers can approach uh, this situation to best support their um, trainees or their students going through that experience. So this is going to be a chat about our, our experiences, talking about a bit of research, and then we'll, we'll bring it together and, um, and sort of try and give some so simple advice for how best to approach this uh, situation. Feel free to get in touch uh, with any with any questions. Okay, so I think uh, a good way to start maybe is by um, us telling you about our experiences of, of failure and hopefully you can learn some bits um, from that as we've learned along the way. So Luke, why don't you tell us about one of your failures? Well, there's lots of failures, I'm afraid. I mean, we all we all achieve stuff, but we all have failures or challenges and I'm afraid saying this is one that that we we share so sorry to bring this up but it, was, it felt like a, a huge thing at the time and this was failing my second year medical school exam so it's quite a few years ago now but something that's stuck with me so I was, it was sort of a five-year course and at the end of the second year had big big exams to progress on to the third year and unfortunately I, I just missed out it always seems to be the case with with a lot of these exams. It was a f failure of so one percent 
but it felt like a, a massive failure and um, it meant that you then had to do resets later in the summer I think in August so effectively you sort of lost your lost your summer holiday so I was due to go on a charity education trip that summer so I had to cancel that I sort of lost my summer holiday and uh, then had to spend that summer sort of revising again there's the in- initial shock I think I I would say I found it really sort of embarrassing and uh, obviously all of your sort of friends were straight out celebrating and and really enjoying themselves having instant reward for all of the hard work they've done that year I was the opposite so I'd I felt like I'd worked worked hard that year but then you're left with a feeling of total sort of disappointment and uh, feeling that you've you've sort of totally failed um, and I think that's a really hard uh, hard thing thing to do and I think having said that I worked hard uh, sort of revised for that second time and um, and then did the reset and passed and you know that would have been 2006 so here we are 15 years later and have progressed well since since then but it's something that's certainly stayed with me. And Luke, so apart f- in that period, apart from striking up a friendship with uh, another failure in me, um, <laughs> to, to get through that, that phase where you had to overcome the disappointment, the embarrassment, and get yourself in a position where you passed the reset, what, what were the things that you found worked well in that period? I think it's, I think it's really hard. I mean, I, I wouldn't like anyone to sort of go through what I went through or feel as bad as how I felt. But having said that, I think in that, well, I'd say in those first few days, I think I was sort of unmanageable. I don't think I could be helped. It was sort of a period of sort of shock where I think I did just need a bit of time just to sort of sulk a bit and then get over that. I mean, I would say the best thing, which is something for us to think about, is how well we supported each other. So there was probably a group of us that that, that year in that situation, you know, five or 10 people where we supported each other. We were obviously going through the same thing. So that became the biggest thing that we had in common in a way. And then we could, we could sort of support each other. And here we are sort of 15 years later, sort of um, we're good friends and, you know, doing this sort of event together as well. So it shows that um, how those things are enduring and it's a, a massive experience that we, that we shared. Um, and I think the other thing is those, a lot of those exams are set up. So a certain percentage of the candidates actually fail that exam. So some people have to fail you then revise again and my knowledge was much improved so actually I I really hit the ground running the next year so I think that was a good uh, a good thing. And so then Luke on the flip side I guess is you know what things you find weren't useful or was there anything that really actually aggravated the situation rather than sort of helping yeah, I think um, I would say that um, I think the university was good at um, putting on another couple of seminars about particularly difficult, difficult topics. I remember a pathology seminar on a very hot July afternoon, which was which was was useful and it was you know good of the tutor to to do that. I mean, I don't think there was as much support as there could have been in terms of the sort of emotional side and the psychology side, and that's something I've noticed throughout my my career both undergraduate and postgraduate is medicine's a bit like a conveyor belt and everyone expects you to progress and move on to the next bit but maybe we do need to get better at sort of catching the people who sort of don't progress and and need extra support to you know come back come back stronger so I think it did have a personal impact and I think that's something that we can look 
for as for supervisors, but also as peers. You know, if one of your friends or colleagues, you can recognize that they're going through a disappointment. I think maybe we could do more to support each other. Yeah, absolutely. Saini, why don't um, you tell us about one of the challenges you've faced in your career? Following on from Luke's thing, I, I've had quite a few failures uh, throughout med school. Um, but actually, on reflection, it, it's been not necessarily a bad thing because it, it just prepares you for life um, as a professional in your career. And I suppose I have quite a few experiences where um, it's still quite raw, actually, where things don't go to plan at work, and particularly in this pandemic. And I think a lot of people will feel the same way as that you've you finish work feeling like you've achieved absolutely nothing. And there's one particular instant which I had recently where, um, you know, there's a patient who was unwell, we instigated a management plan, but things just didn't go well. Um, and I wouldn't say really mistakes happened, but things didn't go as, as we intended. Um, and that kind of brings about the same emotions that Luke was describing in terms of just overwhelming disappointment, um, a bit of shock, particularly if someone rapidly deteriorates you know, with you there. Embarrassment as well. So not you, Emma, but me and Luke are getting on a bit. And so as a senior reg, you kind of are expected to be at the peak of your powers. You know everything. You're a safe pair of hands. And then when something goes wrong, it's a bit of a reality hit and and you kind of have that embarrassment where you think that oh everyone's looking to you for you know why is why is this happening um yeah that and i think this is something that everyone has in their career at least once if not daily but having that thing happen for the first time in your career with a real patient that's you know inverted commas failing in front of you rather than just an exam paper um is quite um, a stark contrast and, and something that's actually very difficult to handle. Yeah and so um, how did you um, how did you cope with it how did you you deal with that? Um, so I think there's there's kind of three a three-pronged attack that I kind of naturally have but also I think is, is worth sharing with other people. I think the first thing and again Luke's kind of alluded to this in that phase where he's resitting the exam um, is just accepting and acknowledging that you can feel bad and that you can accept that something has happened and accept that you feel this way. It's almost like a period of internal reflection where you, you, you kind of process yourself, why did this go wrong? And then why am I feeling that way? Um, and then the second thing, which I think we're, we're going to naturally talk about is actually just sharing that problem. Um, so whilst you've internalized it and process yourself, share it with someone else. So whether it be in the immediate situation with a colleague, a peer, um, just a friendly face, um, or more officially with your supervisor, your mentor, um, a friend, a family, someone completely detached from the situation, um, just talking through that problem and bouncing ideas or, or just your thoughts of someone is, is really, really crucial. Um, and I remember that day, actually, I, I was in a bit of a emotional state and I saw my consultant who, who was actually my supervisor and, you know, she was in the middle of doing something and I just said, I really need to talk to you. You know, can I just, you know, have, 
you know, to have a moment of your time. And, and she did something really profound, which I, at the time I didn't really appreciate, but she actually just said, stop, can I just finish what I'm doing? And then why don't we have a chat an hour later over lunch? And that just diffused the situation, calmed me down. And rather than just having a minute pep talk with her in the corridor, which would have been useless, um, we actually had a good hour's chat about pretty much everything um, because she set aside time, allowed me to cool down a bit. Um, and actually we had a very productive chat, which just normalized the situation completely. And I think that was just something that's quite hard to do on the shop floor, get away from the situation and the stress and the speed of everything and just calm things down a bit. And, and that, that left such an imprint to me because I was just, I just felt so, uh, so much better and a lot more positive about the situation. Great you had that support. Um, I think that's really good. I'd just pick up on the, you mentioned embarrassment. I think it's, these things do affect the people around you as well, don't you? So, you know, if you sort of fail an exam or have a clinical sort of situation like that, you take it home and it's, you sort of feel like you, you could have sort of let people down around you. It's a massive impact, uh, these situations. And also the people around you, you feel like you've let down your sort of colleagues and when I didn't get a job that I applied for once, I, I was told that I had embarrassed the department. So that made me feel like I was an embarrassment even more. But uh, so it just shows that how, how um, supervisors can, can be supportive or, or unsupportive. Is there anything else that you sort of learned from that experience or any sort of main advice that you would give for people going through these tough times? I think every bad experience that we've had, you know, be it exam, university, or with clinical stuff, it's a learning opportunity and you become a better person because of going through it. So Luke, you mentioned that actually revising for a second time, your knowledge base is just so much better having gone through that experience. Um, with me, I'm 100% a better clinician because when something goes wrong, the next time I'm faced with that scenario, I have that experience of picking it up or knowing how to react. And in a kind of perverse way, I'm, I'm kind of glad that those failures happen at work because it just makes me feel actually a bit more confident and I've got more experiences to draw upon and actually can use it as a, a learning opportunity for others as well. I, I think today is a case in point. We're sharing our experiences to help people that will go through the same thing. And this, the same thing happens in medicine. That's probably my main advice is that if something bad happens, yes, it's bad in that situation, but rest assured that in weeks, months, years to come, careers to come, you will actually use that as a, as a positive. So Emma, I've been rabbiting on a bit. Um, can you tell us about one of your experiences of failure? Um, yeah, so I guess my most recent disappointment um, was when I didn't get the registrar training job that I had applied for. So this was on the background of me always wanting to do paediatrics and then having a strong interest in paediatric cardiology. And, um, you know, I finally found the career that I really wanted to do and felt that I was very lucky to have found that. And so I'd spent years working towards it and actually had a lot of people discouraging me from, from applying, mainly on the um, paediatric side rather than paediatric cardiology. But, you know, I had people saying that women cannot work in paediatric cardiology. It's a man's world. It's a tough career that I should just focus on paediatrics and maybe do something which is less competitive. So then when I 
you know, missed out on the job that I wanted, it did make me think back to all those negative comments and question whether this was actually something that was was for me and whether I was good enough in order to, to pursue that dream job. It sounds awful. I mean, it's, it's like the double whammy of, um, you know, your own personal thing, but also the kind of reinforcement of the really bad misogyny, actually, in that, that kind of kind of field. What do you think was the key to re- responding to that disappointment? So I think looking back, I actually had a huge amount of support. So this was from paediatric cardiology um, consultants and trainees at the time. So not at all talking about the support that I had from um, the paediatricians who discouraged me to do it and other other um, doctors as well. But I was working in a paediatric cardiology department at the time um, as a clinical fellow when I applied. And so um, they gave me a huge amount of support. So it was a huge disappointment, obviously. And the same thing comes as they never made me feel embarrassed, but you do feel embarrassed going back into your your workplace where everyone knows that you've applied. Everyone, you know, has been rooting for you and given you help along the way. But the thing is, is that they didn't make me feel like it was, you know, an embarrassment on me. They said, you know, focused on on the strengths in terms of how how well I had you know, prepared myself and actually at the stage of my career that it's it's common to, to fail that uh, and need to apply a few times. And I had friends as well that were really supportive as well. And as we've talked about, I think it's a really good good thing to talk to people outside of work as well about it and people give you all different advice and all of it is is really helpful actually um so that all helped me to gradually build more experience and then um i reapplied the next year and was successful in that application so it was it was great actually oh brilliant so happy ending it's great to hear that you you had um such good support and i suppose I'm, i'm hopeful that there'll be a few listeners that are in mine and Luke's position where we're probably going to be assuming supervisor roles soon. Um, So what would your advice be for people like us if we were to be faced with a a junior or a trainee in your position? So I think the first thing that was good was first of all um, acknowledging that I would be upset and disappointed and to just give me some time and you know support me and as, as we talked about earlier give me that emotional support and just say like you know I'm really sorry it's no reflection on you it's a tough process and then yeah it gave me a bit of time to sort of think about that myself and then um, suggested that we had a meeting and um, and then my supervisor went through my application with me Um, we went through the interview answers um, and my reflections on those and then we made a plan in order to Uh, make those better for the next time and the thing was it wasn't just a a, a meeting just initially but throughout the year as I was sort of gearing up to reapply as well she would do more interview practice she would share opportunities with me you know ping me emails through with courses that might help my CV or interview courses and then even during our teaching sessions she would direct questions at me that were very you know staged to an interview question in order to try and get me to practice as as well it really felt like she did have my best interest at heart and she was always thinking about me through through the year and and what my goal was and trying to help me achieve that 
And then when you did, when you achieved your goal, you came back and you got your sort of tra- training job. Um, do you think you were actually stronger for having gone through that experience? Yeah. So I think when I when I didn't get the job, I I was really concerned that you know the next year of doing another clinical fellow year would be a completely wasted year. You know, it's another year that you're not in training and you always see the next thing ahead. I think medicine is very um, is very good at trying to get people to see the next stage and trying to get you to go at uh, 100 miles per hour. But actually, you don't need to. It's OK to take some time out. And and I was doing a job which I will be doing for the rest of my life in terms of pediatric cardiology. So it wasn't, you know, wasted time at all. I learned a huge amount in the in the year that I I did that clinical fellow year um, and also academically, but I also think I, it made me much stronger for the experience and also able to support those who have disappointments around me. And, and hopefully when I do become a consultant and, and become a supervisor, you know, I have such a, a strong experience of how, how a good supervisor should be and how much support they should give. And, and so I can bring that forward and help others in the future. That's fantastic. I mean, you, it's part of the problem with medics is that um, we view this sort of thing as a failure. So for you, for paediatric cardiology, there was there was hardly any jobs. You know, a few in the country. You d- you didn't get one of them, um, but there were you know there would have been far too many applicants to get all of those jobs. But in medicine, we call we call that a failure, uh, where really it's uh, the sort of harshest you know standards we're sort of setting ourselves. It's a really competitive. And, and most people who apply aren't going to get a job, but we still call it call it failure. And it'll be the same with people applying for research grants. There's a couple of grants and loads of applicants, but we, st- we still call that a, a failure. And I think I saw a nice term from uh, Wakely who said, this sort of things actually delay rather than defeat. And I think that summarizes it well. You didn't get the job first time and then you came back and were came back a lot, uh, a lot stronger. And we need to stop calling this a failure. You know, I think it's uh, it's obviously a tough field we're in. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think this kind of just reflects just life itself in that it's never just a straight line to an endpoint. Actually, it's about lots of things that happen um, as an experience in between. Um, and we all are unique and have our own little paths that, you know, it's quite hard to replicate. So not something to, to dwell on. Um, I'm really uh, reassured by hearing your experiences as well because it, it makes me feel better. So that's kind of real life. But Lou, is there much in kind of the literature about how to deal with disappointment in medical education, you know, as a sort of an official line? Yeah, I mean, I think I said in my introduction that we're not, we're not very good at talking about it. We're not really very good at researching it either. I've, I've had a look, look around and I mean, there is work in terms of uh, psychology, uh, there's work from business in terms of how to how to sort of come back. And I've had a look through the literature and brought it, brought together sort of a few key themes, which we'll look at in the in the webinar again uh, on the 21st of January. Um, so firstly, as soon as you go through a disappointment, uh, there's that sort of shock phase and you've got to sort of manage your self-esteem. So it's really important that you, you don't get uh, stuck feeling like a victim. These things happen, you know, so with an exam, a certain percent are often expected to fail. Or, you know, if, if 10 people apply for one job, nine people are going to fail. So you can't personalize and sort of say, this is all about you, that this is because 
because you're not good enough. You've got to look at the situation as well. The flip side is you shouldn't externalize. So you shouldn't look at uh, sort of you haven't you haven't got that job. So blame it on the people who are who are appointing. You know, it's it's the systems often aren't perfect in assessment. And I think you've just got to be realistic of, of, of that. And so you can't either you can't sort of it's not healthy to sort of blame blame the system too much. I think like we've already implied, you can look at what you did well. So I failed undergraduate and postgraduate exams by by 1% each time. And so you focus on the 1%, but you actually got a lot of marks there. And so you've got to focus on what you what you did well. And like I mentioned, it's often not as bad as what it first seems. So at the, at the time, it feels you know absolutely terrible, but often it is delay rather than defeat. And I think like, like you said, Saini, and what's in, in Aker's book is this concept of falling up rather than falling down. So coming back stronger. Having said that, I think, I think we, you do have that element of shock. You need a bit of time to grieve. And there's this concept in psychology of sort of taking a walk. So having a sort of couple of days of sort of sulking and sort of taking a walk where you can sort of think about your, your emotions and start to sort of really take it in and get through that stage so that you can move on and um, come back better. I think the next stage, and I can, I can really relate to this, is you end up, you try not to externalize and sort of blame the system, but you sort of question, you've put all of this work in, you fail the exam, you think, is medicine for me? Is, is urology for me? Uh, and you need to reconnect with the specialty. So you need to work out why, why you're doing it, what you like about it. And the thing for me is, and the sort of theme of this, this part of sort of bouncing back is, is, is generosity. So being kind to people around you. So that can mean sort of leading a teaching session. My sort of top tip in this situation is to run a, run a teaching session for medical students on, on urology emergency. So it's like, it's the, the field I'm most comfortable with. I can, uh, I don't need to prepare. I can just do an enjoyable session for half an hour, an hour. And it, it sort of makes me reconnect and why I enjoy urology, why I enjoy teaching. And you get a good feeling and picking up some of that enthusiasm from the, from the learners. Another thing is just helping colleagues. So there'll always be people around you going through things and just some, something simple, helping someone, you know, cover a shift or prepare for an exam or something. Just that being kindness helps make you feel good about yourself again. And that's sort of the next stage. And in the webinar, I'll, I'll highlight a program that we've, we've set up called the Tough Warrior Program. And this is something for junior trainees in, in urology, but anyone's welcome. And this helps urology patients through charity while having mentoring um, themselves. So just that feeling of, you know, help, doing something for charity, you know, you get yourself, get your self-esteem up and running and being kind. And I think the next stage is, is that sort of most motivation. So in, in the literature, it's actually called grit. And I think that's something that I can... I can relate to you get pushed you know do you really want to put yourself through this again do you want to go back in you've had a difficult day looking after you know the terrible covid uh, situation you have to pick yourself up and go back in the next day and do you have that and it's a it's a really healthy feeling i think to look inside yourself and say do you actually want this job do you want to pass this exam that sort of passion and that grit is a really healthy thing and that can you can use those negative feelings that you've had first off to drive that grit and to push you on to, to come back in the next stage. 
the next stage is sort of making a plan. So what can you do better? What did you do well? Um, I don't think you should overanalyze any of these situations. You also need to check your expectations. So do you have the experience to get that job? Did you do the right preparation? What can you do better? And there often is a silver lining and the third path that Acre describes. You can draw on your negative experience, add um, your sort of reflections to your current knowledge or current standing. And actually, you end up in a much better position than where you were heading if this failure hadn't happened. So there, there, there's sort of four themes that I've pulled together and I think plenty to think about. And uh, hopefully that's helpful. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you, Luke, for that really nice kind of summary and and structured approach. I think we can all find something that we can replicate in in real life. And I think we'll probably talk about this more in the webinar, but there's some key things there that us as educators and future supervisors and mentors can adopt, Um, you know, such as those quick wins, confidence building, giving people opportunities to you know teach something that they're comfortable with or find something enjoyable at work that will just boost your training or students confidence so that they can get back to normal as quickly as possible and so I think we'll we can probably explore more of that in the webinar and and Emma I know you you covered the same thing in that emotional psychological well-being support that that mentors can have so I think we've we've covered what what will be good in terms of planning ahead and, and how to make a plan of, of bouncing back. Emma, do you have any any sort of practical tips on summarising how we can deal with disappointment? From reflecting on our own experiences um, and the themes that have come out from that, and also um, from the literature um, which Luke summarised. So we've put together a short practical guide on how best to deal with disappointment as sort of a summary to try and bring everything together. So um, I'm going to split it into three stages. So the first stage is the shock and disappointment stage. And then there's the reflective stage, which is more constructive. And then finally, the planning stage. So in terms of shock and disappointment, as we've said, don't blame yourself or or really blame others that these things happen. And it's and it just needs some time really to accept it. And you may need a a friend or or perhaps like a mentor or a supervisor in order to talk to. And that can be really helpful um, and something that we would encourage you to do. You don't necessarily need to to rush that. We're not saying, you know, particularly wallow in this stage, but acknowledge that you do need a bit of time to understand um, and process what's happened. And then moving on to the second stage. So these, this is reflections. And um, here we like to, to try and get you to be more constructive. So what went well? I know that it was a failure and a disappointment, but there will be things that, that did go well. And then obviously from that, there are things that could be approved upon. And then as, as Luke highlighted, um, which is Acre's concept in terms of is there a third path? So you know, that concept that a disappointment doesn't actually need to lead to worse or the same outcomes as you previously thought, but actually can lead to improved outcomes. So reset, rethink and and try and find a way where you can find this this third path and, and use all the support that's out there. This isn't something that you need to do on your own. And then that leads on to the planning phase. So do seek advice we would always encourage people to have support. Sometimes you need to choose the advice carefully. So um, who who you're going to speak to about that. So, you know, if someone's 
if you've, I don't know, failed an exam and then you speak to someone that's you know, like passed all their exams with flying colours and got distinctions, then maybe the advice may not be what you wanted. It might have some good things, but there may also be some difficult things. Um, and then what, what can you do to, to make the difference? So what can you do that will improve your, your time the next time you do something or the next time you have that scenario? How can you change it? And what opportunities are out there in order for you to aim for that and to, to reach your goal? So it's about planning in terms of how long you've got and what things you might find in terms of courses or um, discussions with people um, or reading things, um, listening to podcasts. And, and so I hope that's helpful in terms of the three stages and just to try and work through in those stages so that you can achieve the third path and to improve things for the next time so um that's a good summary for everything that we've said but we thought that we just end like if we just give a um our key advice so i'd say saini what's your main advice for someone going through disappointment yes yeah, so i've actually picked it up from both of you today actually and it's that that thing about blame don't blame don't blame yourself uh, don't externalize it so don't look for other people to, to bring into your problem um, that's not how it happens it's just a process it's a thing you'll get over it and use it for the positives I mean I would I would say we've heard like different different sort of experiences of it but the the supervisor and the sort of supervisor meeting is so important uh, when Emma was talking there I just I remembered when I spoke to, I told my supervisor that I had failed a postgraduate exam and he actually said to me it was strange because when he did the exam he was over prepared for it um, so you can imagine how how supportive that felt uh, at the time so I think having the right supervisor you've both talked about brilliant supervisors and saying you brought up a brilliant topic which we should explore in the webinar which is how to best deliver that supervisor so not having that one minute in the corridor set aside sort of protect protected time um, I think that was a really really sort of useful point and then Emma's making a plan and and also that supervision isn't a, isn't a, a meeting one day uh, Emma's supervision was over a year from that application to the next application and it's amazing what a, a valuable supervisor can do and I think that's why we're all involved in in, in medical education um, Emma have you got a if uh, you got a top tip that you would that you would share so yeah I think it's just about um trying to think in a more constructive way so as we said like you feel really disappointment and it's it's only touching that like don't try and like let that pull you down but think about like how you can be constructive with it and I'd say that from that is it's finding out resources that are out there there are a huge number of uh, resources that you can use and that I found helpful and so things like podcasts obviously and webinars but courses and and it's something that maybe if you're a trainee or you're a medical student you might not be aware of but your supervisor will definitely be able to point you towards that um, so I'd say try and seek seek opportunity to 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 get some um, help from from those as well I think that's it, that's it, isn't it? So if anyone's listening who's just been going through something recently, and obviously with COVID, it's the it's the toughest time, I think. Uh, there is support there. Um, it'll be someone 
there may be someone close to you, maybe a, a peer or a, or a supervisor, and wide, you know, wider afield. There's there's all sorts of resources and uh, and support there. If you can't find it, get in get in touch with us, and we'll try and help as well. So I hope that was helpful. This podcast talking about our disappointment. It's a bit of an unusual one. Um, it would be it'd be lovely to talk about the things that we've succeeded in, uh, but we've sort of explored and talked about. Uh, some of the failures that we've we've had and between us we we haven't got our dream jobs we haven't passed those undergraduate exams we haven't passed the postgraduate exams you know there's all sorts of disappointments and um i think it's it's really important that we've tried to share some of the emotions i think being a medic is tough emotionally um saini in particular highlighted the sort of issues at the moment and being a doctor is is really tough emotionally uh, being involved in, in in education as well and i think that's a healthy thing if you can for supervisors if you can set up a an environment where people are sort of psychologically safe where people where we can tell people what we're worried about tell people what we we feel are our weaknesses then i think that's the key that we can manage those emotions and use them as a way of really driving ourselves on and coming back dealing with disappointments and coming back a lot stronger on the 21st of January at, uh, at 6.30, we're, we're hosting a webinar where we're going to talk a bit more about these, these experiences, some of the literature, and also um, try and look a bit more at how, how we can better support those going through these tough times and uh, particularly the role of the, the supervisor or sort of faculty in programme delivery. Um, so I hope as many of you can join us for that. So, the, so January 21st at 6.30, uh, and the link will be available through ASME. Um, that'll also be available on the ASME website if you miss, miss this sort of live, live episode. So I'd just like to finish by thanking ASME for, for having us and to raise this issue of failure. Hopefully it's not been too, too depressing. Think of all the good things you've done as, uh, as well. Uh, but there's always, always a way of bouncing back and coming back stronger. I'd just like to thank uh, Emma and Saini for, for joining me and sharing their experiences and, and wisdom. And uh, we look forward to talking to you on the, on the webinar. So take care. And thank you for joining us. Bye. Bye.